Hi, this is The Rocker Recovery. And this is Josh Ball. And this is Angie Meadows. And today we're going to learn to stand alone. This is a Bible study at the back of the detachment book. You guys are big enough to study your Bibles. <laughs> and if you think that Bible does not have anything for you, if you have been trained to think that it's just a fairy tale or it's just a book of stories, uh, you're deceived. This book has every answer you could ever want in your life, but you're not going to know it until you study to show yourself approved. And as you study the Word of God, it's going to feed your soul, it's going to make you strong, it's going to make you mighty in spirit, and you're going to stop stumbling. So, Josh, what I see is that people, you know, I've served the Lord for uh, 40 years. Uh, you know, but what I see is people who have come to the Lord maybe didn't grow up with the Lord, or maybe didn't grow up in a strong family and didn't study their Bibles, but they went to church. They're not grounded. No, they they're not grounded in the words. So when something happens, it flips them, and now they're going the wrong way. They're going back to old habits. They're going back to old coping skills, and they get themselves back in that same exact ditch. Doesn't matter if it's drugs, alcohol, domestic violence, uh, having an affair. It doesn't matter what it is. If they're not grounded in that word, if they're not disciplining themselves to study God's word, to be in an attitude of gratitude and in prayer, they're going to be unstable. They're going to be um, not anchored. So the word of God is an anchor, and it's going to help you stand alone. So number one, Romans ten nine. When do we become a child of God? If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So when do we become a child of God? When we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart, we become a child of God. Okay. So sometimes I go up to them in church and I'll say, are you saved? And they'll say, yeah. And I'll say, then act like it. <laughs> you know, because sometimes we ain't acting like it. Sometimes I ain't acting like it. I'm I'm acting like this little anxious kid that's an orphan that don't have a father. And I'm just like, no, wait a minute. Shake yourself and act like you got a God. <laughs> act like you're a daughter of the king. <laughs> so Romans 12, 2. How do we see things from God's point of view? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how do we see things from God's point of view? We cannot conform to the patterns of the world, but must renew our minds. So if my mind is renewed, am I going to be in peace or anxiety? Peace. Yeah. If my heart's renewed, am I going to be quiet and trusting, or am I going to be like unbelieving that God doesn't know what He's doing? Trusting. Yeah, I'm going to be trusting. So if you're not landing in a good place at the end of the day, you have not renewed your minds. So I need you to start moving your thoughts to the Word of God, speaking to yourself out of the promises of the Word of God, and not out of your anxiety when I speak to myself out of my anxiety, Josh. I'm all over the place. I'm already defeated. I've already I, I, I've joined with the enemy, and now I'm on the wrong side of this battle. <laughs> all right, number three. How do we become obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit so we can apply God's truth to our daily living? For if you live according to the flesh, this is in Romans eight thirteen, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So how do I become obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit to apply God's truth? We must not live by the flesh 
but by the Spirit. You will know you are living by the Spirit when you are able to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Yeah, so if I'm walking with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be able to tell myself little things. I'm going to be able to start little and then move into bigger things. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to think that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to wear that. I'm not going to I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to slander. I'm not going to backst. I'm not. I'm not. I'll be able to tell myself what to do and I'll be able to obey myself mm-hmm. <laughs> because the, I'm in the Holy Spirit's in charge. But if I am full of the flesh, bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, and I'm nursing that wound, forget it. I'm powerless. That's true. Very true. <laughs> very, very true. Yeah. So you want the power of God's word to live and dwell in you. You got to renew your mind. You got to agree with the Holy Spirit. You got to walk in the Spirit. If you quench the Holy Spirit and listen to the noise of uh, the rumination, the noise of a wounded heart, you're going to land in no good land. So Romans six four. How can we know what that a person has identified with Christ's death, burial, or and resurrection? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So how are we going to know? They, li- they will live a new life. A new, new life. life, yes. Yeah. They're going to be brand new. You're going to look at them a couple years later and you're going to say, now who are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, like if I go back to a high school reunion, they're all going to look at me and say, now who are you? No. <laughs> You're not who you were. <laughs> and they may even try to bring up my past, and they may even say, but you were, and you did, and you said, and you, yeah. And I can say, you know, that was Saul. Now I'm Paul. Yeah. And that was the old. And now I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, and it will give me an opportunity to witness. So let's look at Romans 6.23. If we are servants of sin, what pay do we receive? For the wages of sin is death. Ooh, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what if I'm a servant to sin, what am I going to pay? The wages of sin is death. So I'm going to pay with death. Now, now that could be an ongoing death where I'm just ongoing depressed, and it's robbing me, sucking me dry of the life that God has for me, the life of joy and peace. And, and the gift of God is that eternal life for me to agree with life. So if I'm agreeing with death, I just empowered it. If I'm agreeing with the curse, with darkness, with sin, um, yeah, I'm in, I'm in no good land. So Romans 6.22. If we are servants of obedience, what two things do we receive? But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. When I'm set free from sin, I receive holiness and everlasting life. There's a wrestling match here, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I need to wrestle. I need to become a servant of Christ, a yes. servant to be obedient, to shake myself, to say, I will obey when I can't obey. I need to go and confess and I need to get my accountability partners. I need to start rooting out where was that lie? Why am I, why can't I get free from this? What has a hold on me? Um, years ago, when I was praying with my prayer partner, three to five hours every night, she and I would prayed like that for a couple of years when my uh, second son was very small. We'd start about 9, 9.30 at night, and we'd pray till like 12, 1, 2, and we'd just be ripping prayers. We didn't know the Word of God. We knew how to pray, though. Hmm. And I remember the Lord saying, um, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, and when he is done, strengthen the brethren. 
And I said, sure, sure, let's go for it, Lord. I, I, I'm willing. I'm willing to be your handmaiding. I'm I didn't have any clue that that meant I was going to have three decades of sifting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm still being sifted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I if I fall into a pattern of unbelief, of uh, I, I'm going to be sifted. Yeah. And so I can assume that the things that are coming at me that look bad, that feel bad, that make me anxious are things that are sifting me so that I can separate what's evil from what's good in my heart and then I can rehearse the Word of God. But if I don't know the Word of God, if I'm not sitting with Him, if I'm not watching and praying that in that holy hour, um, how am I going? How am I going to overcome this? I'm not. I'm just going to wrap my head around it and be stuck in that little internal small world. And I noticed that um, you know, like when COVID and and quarantine, we get really small. Mm. We get really paranoid. We get really, <laughs> we get really stuck in our mm. heads. So there is a, a thing about uh, being among the body, being about among believers. So if you have believed the lie that you can't go to church because you're going to get hurt, well, yeah, you're going to get hurt in church, but that you didn't come to church to uh, to keep your eyes on man. You came to church to get your eyes on God, to worship God. And yeah, fallible men will hurt you. Fallible men will stumble. And you slow down. You say, hey, you ready to keep going? Let's get up. Let me let me uh, comfort you here. And, and you know, if they're ready to get up and start moving forward, ready to correct themselves for their sin, for whatever it is that happened, to shake it off, to lay it on that altar, then they're your buddy. You get them up and you help them move on. But if you haven't got that, uh, you know, we're Two or three are gathered. There I am in the midst of them. Uh, it's better that there be two because when one falls, you, mm. the other one will help them up. It's better to be two because they'll keep each other warm. It's better to be two. It's better for us to be in community. So if you're isolated and you're not in community, I challenge you, find you a church. Get up. <laughs> Get up. Number seven, Romans 6.6. 6. How do we resist sin? For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So if you are a slave to sin and you have decided you want to quit, I want you to start working on it. I want you to say, I will fight this battle. I will win this battle. And I can tell you when I fought the battle with fear. I had to recognize it. It took me about three or four years to recognize it. And then it took me a good six, eight weeks of fighting it every day, every day, every day. I will not indulge this fear. I will not let fear conquer me today. I will uh, turn my heart to, to be courageous. And it was a battle. I mean, there are some things you can just shake off. Okay, I'm not doing that mo- no more. And there are other things that you got to fight if you want free from. Mm-hmm. That's facts. <laughs> so read the answer here. We are to be crucified with Christ. We know we have done this when we surrender all to Him. So if I'm not surrendering everything, everything, every thought, every attitude, every wound, every anxious, uh, fearful circumstance, I'm not crucified. I haven't, I haven't identified with Christ and His suffering so that I might know Him as my Savior. So Romans 6.13. If we truly surrender our life to Christ, where should we yield the members of our bodies? Do not offer any part of your body to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. Now, righteousness just means doing what's right, doing Mm -hmm. that next right thing. So what are we to surrender? We are to yield our bodies to be instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, this is a process. This takes time. 
And when you stumble, you get up, you do it again. Oh, Lord, I forgot to surrender that. Oh, Lord, I got to surrender that again. Oh, Lord, I, I'm not in your word enough. I need more. And, you know, some people, they say, oh, you just need to hang out five, ten minutes a day. I can't do that, Josh. Yeah. I'm going to be stumbling five, ten minutes a day. My, I'm going to get up. I'm still rattling in my head. Yeah. I, I need a good hour. <laughs> yeah. I need to carry him with me all day and talk to him. Otherwise, I'm going the wrong way. So number nine, John 14, 21. Jesus says if we love him. We will keep his. Hmm, what will we keep? Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So Jesus says if we love him, we will keep his. Commands. His commands. Yes, so as I keep God's commands, the Lord says to forgive. I'm going to forgive. Lord says to love. <laughs> I'm going to love. Lord, I can't do this. And, and Josh and I were talking about this today. We were talking about how there are barriers in our life to love people that are little porcupines that keep poking us. <laughs> and they've been porcupines for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years. They're not going to change. God wants me to change. He wants me to love him and then love them through him. Because if I love them between me and them, and I expect them to change, to be what I need them to be, to love me the way I need them to love me, to see me the, the full my fullness and who I really am, to understand me, I'm gonna be hurt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> over and over and yeah. over, I'm gonna be hurt. So in order to love others, I need to love them through God, and like you were saying, uh, protect your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So there are times that I have to protect my heart, but yet I, when they're trying to love me, I, I need to receive their love. Yeah. And if they're loving me out of manipulation to use me, I just need to set up a good boundary. Yeah. And a lot of people do that. They're not capable of loving you. So it doesn't mean that I shouldn't completely cut them off. I don't believe this all or nothing thing is of the Lord. You're right. So if I have to cut them off and, and leave them in the streets because nobody can handle them and no homeless shelter, no re- recovery can handle them, I, I can't just cut them off and leave them there. That there's, there's part of me that's gone that's missing. If it was my child, if it was my parent, if it was my sibling, I need to go back about once a month and say, hey, hey, you ready? Hey, I found some phone numbers. Hey, hey, here's where you can get medical care. Here's where you can get on uh, medical-assisted treatment uh, Here's where you can get rehab. Here's where you can get detox. Hey, here's a food pantry. <laughs> hey, here's where you can get some clothes. You know, I, I might not do much for them, but I'm going to keep that door open. You go to that road, you go alone. You want to come this way, I'll help you. I'll help you get on your feet. I'll help you get where you're going so you can find what you need because it's usually more than what I can give them. But if I just cut them off, how are they ever going to know the love of God? Yeah. How are they going to know the shepherd keeps coming back? Something made me think about what you just said. It spoke to me just now. Uh, he, he said how they love me to manipulate me. Well, considering the Bible says that God is love, nobody will love you to manipulate you because that is not Ooh. possible because God is love <laughs> and he cannot manipulate you. You know what I mean? Yeah. He is love. So if they're manipulating you, they're not doing it out of love. It's a false love. love. false. Yeah, but I fall for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's love. And it feels like love. And it's what I've been praying that they will do. Yes. Oh, I'm so grateful for you. You're so good to me. You're always there for me. And you know what? Right on the tail end of it is do this. Yeah. Do this. Yeah. And then if I say no, they flip it, they stab me in the back, they gossip, they talk. You know, so I know it wasn't love. Yeah. I know it wasn't true love, but that needs to be a place where I can just 
put up a boundary, but yet understand that I can love them in spite of their foolishness. They apparently don't know what love is. Yeah. Right? Ugh. Hmm. Wow. And that's hard. That's really hard. Yeah. Just keep just keep loving somebody like that and keep the boundary up and keep saying no and keep getting attacked. Yeah. But there's a like uh protect your heart. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. All right. When you're ready, when yeah. you're ready, you let me know. Yeah. But you won't treat me that way. Not because I don't love you, but because I love myself more. Yes. <laughs> I love my peace more. Yes. And we got to learn that to where we can learn that we can love them, but with strong, strong boundaries. So if you're still in a very emotional, uh, vulnerable state where this person's going to manipulate you emotionally and you know rob your credit card, your ID, your checkbook, um, don't go alone. <laughs> don't go alone. Yeah. Take, take somebody with you that's got some really strong boundaries to love you and protect you. And I believe that when people love me, they protect me. Yes. And they, they, you know, we serve each other. You'll know my my children by their love for one another. You know, serving others is the way to rule. So when I, you have a shepherd in your life that's loving you and serving you and protecting you, that's true love. So let's look at Matthew 28, 20. Does God ever leave us? And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the earth. So does God ever leave me? No, not ever. (laughs) The Lord is with us always. So if I feel abandoned, what should I say to myself? How do you know a person? Oh, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah, so what do I say? If I just if the enemy's tricking me and oh, he's okay. saying, God don't love you, you you know, he's just throwing you out there, he's left you because you're no good, you sinned, you did shut this. Up, self. <laughs> yeah, they, shut up, self. Shut up, Satan. Shut up, Satan. Get behind me. Get behind me. Say what Jesus said. <laughs> Get behind right. me, Satan. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. Uh-huh. Because the word of God says that he will never leave me or forsake me, that he's always with me to the end of the earth. So what I have to do is learn to talk to myself with the promises of God. Yes. Now I'm going to land in a good spot. And now I may not feel it, but I'm going to speak it over my life, and eventually I will feel it. So let's look at number 11, James 4. four. How do you know if a person is an enemy of God? Ooh, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So how do I know if a person's an enemy of God? Because they're a friend of the world. All right. So if they're an enemy of God, they're my enemy. Um, So, But that doesn't mean I have to keep them in that spot, and it doesn't mean that I can't uh, go back and offer them Christ. It means that I have to see them for what they are so that I don't give them the parts of me that they are allowed to wound so that I'm still protecting my heart with all diligence. So James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So how do I resist the devil? We are to submit to God and actively resist the devil. Ooh, this is active, active. Um, That means I've got my weapons on, and I've got my armor on, and I'm protecting myself. My faith is my shield that's deflecting the lies and the uh, manipulation. My sword is the Word of God. If I don't know the Word of God, Josh, I don't have anything to fight with. I'm just standing. I'm just sitting duck. I may have a little bit of faith. I may be able to deflect things, but eventually that sword's coming through. Uh, It's going to get my Achilles heel. It's going to get some part of me that's not shielded. So I need to resist the devil actively, and the way that Jesus did that when he was tempted uh, and driven into the wilderness by God 
uh, was he did it with the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, God says, man shall not live by bread alone. <laughs> you know, God says, do not tempt the Lord thy God. You know, he, he quoted scripture at every time he won that battle. So I, you need, I need you to learn verses. I need you to learn scripture. I need you to speak to yourself in the word of God. Write them out on three by five cards. Speak them over yourself every night. Speak them over your children. Pray, turn them into prayers. Ask God to help you mem- meditate and memorize these word. And so many people say, Josh, uh, I can't memorize. Mm, I just can't do it. I can't. I don't know how to meditate on God's word, but we do. Mm. We know how to meditate because we meditate on our fears and our problems. Mm-hmm. So instead, it's um, a jungle gym. It's training your mind. It's going to the gym. It's lifting weights to train your mind to speak the word of God to yourself. So let's look at this James four eight. Four eight. Mm-hmm. When will God come near us? Mm. Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. So when will God come near me? When we come near to Him. Yeah. When I draw near to Him, He's going to draw near to me. So if I make myself available, here I am, Lord, wash me, purify me. I can't do this myself. Cleanse cleanse me. Make me unified. Uh, Help me think your thoughts, because my thoughts are crazy. (laughs) Mm. So James 4, 6. Who gets the grace of God? Mm, But He gives more grace. That's what Scripture says. God opposes the proud, but He shows favor or grace to the humble. So who gets more grace? The humble. Yes. So if um, I can wait till God humbles me, or I can humble myself. So what I like to do is humble myself every day by sitting in His presence saying, Teach me. Show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Uh, open my ears that I can hear you. So I have spiritual ears, I have spiritual eyes, and they can be both deaf and blind. So if you're hearing the Word of God and you're like, that's so dumb, it don't make no sense, then your ears are deaf. God, open their spiritual ears. If you cannot see what the Lord's doing in your life, Lord, my uh, the Word says that my people perish for lack of vision. Um, the Word says that, that we can have the heart and the mind of Christ. So if I don't think like the Lord, if my heart's not in line with His, then I'm on the wrong side of the battle. I haven't adjusted myself, made myself a new creature in Christ. So Romans 2, 3. What brings God's judgment on us? Mm. So when you, a mere human, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? So when do I get God's judgment? On ourselves when we judge others and are doing the same thing. <laughs> so, if, so if I'm judging somebody else, it's a real good signal that there's something I'm doing that God just put a magnifying glass in front of me. Yeah. And I think you guys in recovery think, say, if you spot it, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you see it in somebody else, turn those fingers around. Yeah. I mean, how could I see hatred if I didn't know what hatred was? And how do I know what hatred was if I don't know it inside of me? How could I see anger the same way? You know what I mean? So that's why we say, and that's 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 the analogy they use. If you if you see like if he's hating on somebody, you know why he's you can see that so easily because you did it too. Yes, and so once I see it in someone else, if I can look in the mirror and say, God, where is that in me? Yeah. It may just be a little splinter, yeah. but he wants to pull that out yeah. because that's uh, affecting my walk and it's um, it's keeping me tangled so that I'm going to be easier to trip up. So now we got some discussion questions here. How did the prophet Daniel stand alone in Daniel 1.8? But Daniel resolved not to defile himself 
with the royal royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Yeah, so he gave a respectful appeal. He said, I, I know we're supposed to eat that meat, we're supposed to drink that wine, we're supposed to eat stuff that our laws say we, we aren't supposed to eat, but we're going to obey God. Um, so would you just test us for 10 days to, and give us vegetables uh, and see if we don't look better than the others? And, and he, because he had a good reputation for obedience and for yielding to his authority, his authority was, was happy to let him make that appeal and give him 10 days. So a lot of times there are things coming. And if I don't speak to myself and say, I will not defile myself, I'm going to be going the wrong way. I'm going to be justifying, rationalizing, everybody else does it, why shouldn't I do it? (laughs) So in what area of your life? Do you need to stand alone so you won't be defiled by the world so every one of us have an area in our life that's going to be defiled if we do not hold that ground we have got to take that ground so every character flaw that i have is going to be um a tripping uh, something that's going to stumble make me stumble it's going to be something that's going to make me trip so if i look at my character josh i can tell you exactly where i need help if i'm greedy i can tell you that i'm going to be tripped up in that area of money and so i need to work on the opposite i need to work on being generous and at first it's gonna hurt Mm -hmm. and then i want to say um you know i want to give out of a a, a grateful heart lord make my heart change so that i can give out of generosity and gratefulness and i'm gonna have to pray for that gift because it's bigger than me so let's look at romans 2 12 or 12 2 for our memory verse do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will so if i don't know the will of god what does it tell me to do Renew your mind. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I'm going to know God's will when I'm renewing my mind with his word. Now, here is Daniel's verse. But Daniel proposed. Purposed. Oh, purposed. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And do not defile yourself. Every area that you'll defile, you'll know because your spirit and your soul separates, your flesh gets on top, you hear yourself rationalizing, well, everybody else does it. Well, I've done it before, I've gotten away with it. Well, one more time. Nobody's going to know if yeah. I just, you know, it always takes you farther than you want to go and keeps yeah. you longer than you want to stay. And it's always harder to get that ground back after you've given it up. Yeah. And and you've, if you've ever studied history and studied war, once uh, enemy conquered a ground and put their flag up, it, it was difficult to push them back. Yeah. But if they never got that ground <laughs> and you kept pressing in, pressing in, taking back what belongs to you, you were going to be able to hold that ground when yeah. you were. And it would get easier and easier yes. and easier. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So I want you to purpose in your heart that you will not defile yourself before God. So as I'm teaching the children in uh, Wednesday night service, I'm marching back and forth going, do not defile yourself. Purpose in your heart that you will not defile yourself. Our mm. God can save us, but if he doesn't, that's all right. We will not bow to the mm. world. We will not bow to sin. But we are going to stand strong in the word of God. We are going to pray. We're going to pray his scriptures. We're going to pray them over each other. We're going to pray them over ourselves. We're going to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And when we don't, yep. we're going to pray, yep. God, if you don't give me a heart, a hunger and thirst for you, I don't know how to do it. Yep. So help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And, you know, that's probably 50% of my prayers. Help me, Lord. Help me, yeah. <laughs> Help me Lord. Help me, Lord. 
<laughs> you got anything else you want to add to this? This no. is standing alone. Standing alone. Tell them, Josh. Tell them how you stand alone. Tell them what persecution looks like. Well, persecution looks like out here in the world today, I think that anybody that's trying to do the right thing is be persecuted because all the people around you will be like, oh, look at him. He's faking the funk or oh, he thinks he's better than us when mm-hmm. that's not the case at all. And But here's the, the simple fact of the reason is, is that I am no better than the next person. But for them to say that and my father to hear them say that puts me in his glory mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if I'm doing the right thing and people are talking about me, my father's getting the glory out of that. You know what I mean? Amen. So when I am weak, he is I strong. am strong. Yeah. 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 When I am weak, he is strong. You're right. Yes. When I am weak, he is strong. And he is in us. Yes. Yes. So, amen. 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 Yeah. So when you feel weak, I want you to st- say, I'm going to stand alone. Yes. And you're going yes. to use that character skill of boldness to just know the persecution coming and it's okay. You're going to stand your ground. Yeah. So stand your ground in Jesus' name. Yes. This is Angie Meadows. And this is Josh Bond. And we love you.